I'd like to see what their point of views are outside of just my own. How about you? Well, I'm going to come right out of the gate with it. You normally do. <laughs> You're listening to Sense Per Mile with your host, Charles Gracie, and his co-host, Paul Gibson. Today's guests are Josh Mecca and Dale Bowen. They'll be tackling tough industry topics, asking even tougher questions, all to find better solutions to help make sense make sense. Welcome to Sense Per Mile, and I'm your host, Charles Gracie. And I'm your co-host, Paul Gibson. And today we're here to talk about inward-facing cameras, and we have some exciting guests. We have Josh Mecca with ACT and Dale Bowen, who's an OTR owner-operator. Yep. Cool. So do you want to kick this one off? <laughs> you know, yeah, I would. Um, being a former driver myself, this is one of those topics where you, it's devil's advocate. Uh, you know, I understand the driver's concerns about inward-facing cameras. Being the driver myself, I had one, and it made me uncomfortable. To be quite honest, full transparency, it was a very expensive hat rack. Um, but also on the carrier side, I, I, I do see the value proposition that these cameras bring to a carrier's uh, security net of tools to employ out and protect their fleets and their drivers. So I'm really interested to see what develops today as we're talking to our carrier representative and our driver because I'd like to see what their point of views are outside of just my own. How about you? Well, I'm going to come right out of the gate with it. You normally do. <laughs> So I think I struggle because a lot of people, you know, will say like, oh, it's a privacy issue, which I also I think there's a lot of merit to that, um, you know, but also ultimately, I think what it boils down to for me is I feel like it's a bandaid. I feel like it's another thing that's put in position to fix a problem that should be recognized and fixed, but it's not, you know, so the idea is, is the idea that that, that camera could potentially in, in any sort of liability situation, save you, you know, like, oh, this driver wasn't distracted. They weren't tired. They weren't drinking coffee, whatever. But I think a lot of that goes back to the idea that we've created this culture and created this setup legally where drivers are always guilty until proven innocent. If that driver is always guilty until proven innocent, it makes sense to have something to, you know, to, to CYA on that. But ultimately, like, why is it that you know, when you look at like fatalities, like even when it involves a truck, half the time, it's not the driver's fault. Probably more than half the time. I'd have to look up the stats on it, but like it, it's not the driver's fault. But we've created this situation to where in any traffic situation, if there's not a camera, the driver is always immediately assumed to be the problem. And so I get the idea that that can save a driver's career in that situation. I get that it can, you know, stop nuclear verdicts, which is another whole another thing. But it, it, that's even along the same lines is, is the idea that we've created a system to where the driver is always assumed to be at fault until proven otherwise. So I, I can relate to that. Uh, when I was working in an office, uh, I saw different uh, applications to these systems. They, we all know that there's different ways these things can be set up. They're unique to each carrier. They're unique to each user setup that offers the service. Uh, you have the ones without audio, the ones with, the ones that are motion censored, uh, the ones that have always running but lock in at a specific event, harsh event as they're known. And then you got the ones that are always running. 
And then you have the ones where someone could just hit refresh and refresh and refresh and turn it into a live stream and say it's not live. Dude, that's that's my absolute favorite. When they're like, oh, no, <clears throat> our cameras only record events. If there is an event, the camera only records 10 seconds before and 10 seconds after. And, you know, I'm getting older. You know, I got kids. There's a lot of times where I see them interact with technology and I'm like, oh, man. Maybe I'm getting old. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm not hip anymore. But I didn't know that we created psychic software. That's insane to me. So it only records events, but somehow it knows there's going to be events. So it can record the 10 seconds before. And when you ask people that, it turns into, well, we can't just see it live. It just pulls the audio. It doesn't. Pull. That means that someone somewhere has the ability to pull that if need be. So... I'm I'm going to jump in on this one because I do feel a little passionate about educating people on what's really out there versus what's being presented. Right. And a lot of times I also find that we misrepresent things. It's kind of the big MO in trucking in general. We, we like to wrap things up. Oh, yeah, it. this is great. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to pay attention to here, folks. But when it comes to this particular issue... I can neither confirm or deny that I have seen demonstrations where these things can be utilized in live use just by workarounds that could be as simple as hitting the refresh button over and over and over again and being used by dispatchers to turn around and essentially spy on the driver to verify things that were being said to them, which is a complete misuse of the system. So when you when you say spike, can you kind of elaborate on that? I know you're trying to be <laughs> sort of tight-lipped because it sounds like mm. you know, like you're not named names or anything. But like when you say spy, like what do you and well, like verify? Like what do you mean? Well, I mean like say driver calls in and says, "Hey, dispatcher, I'm stuck in traffic." Instead of dispatcher taking driver at word of mouth for this, they would go and refresh, 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 and oh, driver, you're not in traffic. You're sitting at the truck stop. They could see through the driver cam and the dash cam doing that. So that is a misuse in my eyes. Now, I've also seen on the other side where a driver was facing a huge manslaughter charge against them for something that they swore up and down they didn't do. And then when the dash cam in conjunction with the driver facing cam footage came to light, he was exonerated. So it saved his life essentially. So... For me, this is one of those things where I've seen the good, seen the bad. Personally, myself, I struggle on this topic, and that's why I'm really looking forward to today's episode, as it's going to give me some more insights outside of just my own experiences, so maybe I can sway one way or another a little bit more hard on this, because there are a lot of pluses, there are a lot of minuses, and I'm really interested to see what our viewers and everyone else is thinking about this issue. So here's a question that I have that I've always wondered about, and I don't know. It's just me not knowing. And, you know, if someone knows, you could reach out or, like, you know, the, in the comments section or something like that, But um, depending on where you're listening. But, uh, like, so with cameras, right? So I, I work with cameras all the time. That's kind of my, my thing. It's my job. Um, I don't understand why these cameras can't be operated locally like inside of the truck like you give the driver the ability you know provide them along with the camera provide them storage you know because most dash cams that you would just go buy off amazon or something like that they're not connected to the internet 
it's local, you put in an SD card, it writes itself over. And if you give that to the driver locally, and you have a camera that can overwrite, no one has access to the camera. The driver doesn't have to provide it at any point, but if there is an incident, then the driver would have that SD card, which could be pulled in almost like a black box scenario, and then given to the carrier. So they do have some of those. And um, so the first system that was introduced to me as a driver was a system like that, where it had a little key on the side, you turn it, out came two different, there was a backup and a main SD card, uh, almost looked like those chips that you'd put inside a camera or something to store a bunch of stuff and then upload down the line. Um, I know they have morphed on as things have progressed, like many things. Well, it's trucking. Someone's got to be the third party. Yeah, exactly. No offense. <laughs> None taken. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not just that. I feel like every time there's something new in trucking, there always has to be uh, someone who, who basically conceptualizes it in a way to where it makes it easier and carriers don't have to think about it. And it's just like, here's this option, you do it, and now those people have control of the situation versus the carrier. Yeah, and... Often, sometimes we get wrapped up in our own momentum that we forget how it affects those around us. So this is one of those things where I've seen it progress. And and when it first came out, I was like, all right, it was dash cams. It was cool. It was, this is their, uh, like, even as a former driver and at that time a driver, I was like, this is fantastic. This is going to protect me. Then I remember showing up to work one day and then here was this camera sitting inside the cab facing right at me. Couldn't be adjusted. And I remember thinking back, like, all right, I've been driving, no accidents, no tickets, like, this doesn't seem right. And no explanation whatsoever on how this thing worked until you approached them. I wasn't too fond of it, like many people, and I was a more senior driver, so, and I'm not saying to do this, folks, but I did happen to take a ball cap and hang it on that thing, or use a greasy-thumbed potato chip and then uh, touch it to clean the lens and leave a nice greasy fingerprint so they couldn't make out nothing. Or at times leaving funny faces, trying to see if the dispatchers were actually watching, acting like I was picking <laughs> my nose, whatever, whatever I could to draw attention. And I never got a response. Uh, like legitimately never got a response, never got called out on it. Uh, the other side of that was Later on, these systems have progressed, and with my progression through the industry, I've seen them progress, and now I see scenarios where drivers are getting calls about, hey, you touched your phone one time. Well, hold on. If these things are only recording harsh events, if these things are only tracking sleepy drivers or lane departures, well, at what point did it track that I may have hit the volume button on my phone to switch to a new playlist? or change the volume, or one-touch answer, which is all perfectly legal within the rule of law. One touch, that's what you get. Now, I'm not saying that I advocate for that. I believe you should be fully attentive on your driving. That's how I had all my safe driving. But I don't think Mr. Uh, mysterious safety guy should be calling me about the one time I touched my phone and saying if they see it again there's a write-up and we've seen several scenarios of this over time and several more stemming from that so has this kind of spun out I mean you, you've heard just about as many feedbacks from drivers as I've heard on this issue and it, it seems like it's gaining momentum that they're really distrustful of the way that we have implemented this as an industry 
Well, and I mean, so the the carrier that I used to work at, uh, they they wanted to install inward facing cameras, and they did. And I think I already said this, but they they did go with outward facing cameras. But when that happened, um, I took the initiative on my own to go around to drivers on the lot who came by and interview them on video. And I would just say like, hey, if you came in tomorrow and we said we were putting inward facing cameras in the truck, what is your response? Every driver, unsolicited, not anywhere near each other before I asked the question, all had the exact same answer. I would turn in my keys. It's an invasion of privacy. Now, you got people who argue that it's not an invasion of privacy. And let's say that that whole, you know, the somehow able to get the 10 seconds before and 10 seconds after does magically happen somehow, you know. Uh, It's still perception. Like, from from the driver perspective, it's still perception. You know, it's the same way with, like, I don't know. I, I go around with cameras all the time. That's what I do. I, I, go, I go to trucking companies and I film. And, you know, sometimes I have drivers who don't want to do an interview because they don't want to be on camera. I tell you what, anytime I walk into an operations floor with the camera to get B-roll of people working or to try to even get like dispatchers and stuff on camera saying hi to drivers people don't want to have the camera on them in the workplace you know like so don't even let's just like set aside the fact that people change clothes here you know if you're if you're riding with your significant other if you know the audio is on and you're having some really tough phone calls or even a medical phone call at that point you know that feels weird uh and invasive uh to a lot of people but then on top of that it just you're being scrutinized it's like being one of the things that people sell people on like oh you should join the industry become a driver you know like oh you're gonna be able to see the country through a window oh you know you're gonna be able to travel but you're not gonna be able to stop where you want and one of the other things is the freedom you have the freedom you get your load you go do your job you deliver the load you come back you do it again you have freedom you don't have anyone breathing down your neck well now you're literally, it feels like you're being micromanaged. You know, you look at your window, you look you look at your mirror, you look at the other mirror, and then you look up and there's a camera just staring in your face. Like that that doesn't that doesn't seem like freedom. Uh, <laughs> that seems like micromanagement. No, I agree with you fully on this. And I, I think if you look at trucking as a whole and how it's progressed, um, you got those collision avoidance systems you got the dash cam you you got the implementation of the inward facing cameras you got the lane departure uh, abrupt notice system that sounds like an electronic rumble strip so they say it mm-hmm. sounds more like an electronic foghorn yeah um but all of these things are being implemented for the safety of their fleet as a driver i would beg to differ you know, um, each one offered its sales approach safety, but as a driver, they all felt intrusive and you were removing my ability to perform my task and in turn, putting my safety in the hands of this device. Um, now we've crossed that line. Now we're in the inward facing cameras, dash cams and all that stuff, not just the, the crash avoidance scenarios. And yeah, it, the, it, it went from keeping you safe doing your job to making sure that you're doing, doing your, your job. job. Exactly. So I totally understand both sides here. I'm just not sure both sides are being as transparent as to 
the motivation behind this progression because it's definitely no longer in the best interest of the driver because if it is we would have found a way better way to package this as an industry to our drivers and made sure they were on board rather than shoving it down their throat in the way that we have i 100 percent agree and it really a lot of it is is perception uh it's just it's so crazy to think about it because then you also you know you do have the privacy take um then you have just the general trust you know it's like we're, we're in this weird catch 22 where everybody's like, oh, we're losing the older drivers. Newer drivers don't want to come in. Well, a big part of the reason why you're losing some of these older drivers is because they're not allowed to just do their job anymore. They're monitored. There's so many things that prevent them. They're supposed to be professional drivers. Driver, This is what drivers do. They drive. They deliver loads. They're out there on the highway. They've got more experience than probably just about any AI that we currently have available could develop in the amount of time that it would take to implement before that driver's long gone. They've nerfed it so much between speed limiters and between all of that. And then now you're going to take it a step further and monitor every physical movement that they have potentially. You know, now they have to worry that at any point, if on the traverse like at any point if that driver is driving they do reach down to touch their phone or they just stopped a pilot and got a coffee and all they're doing is you know just reaching down picking up the coffee and taking a drink and that coffee is in front of their face for a slight second and a car comes barreling down you know the wrong side or something and hits them the lawyers for the whoever was in the car are gonna say like well that driver was taking a drink of coffee he was obviously distracted you know like I don't know. It just, it doesn't, I feel like it, it's not really an answer to much of anything. I'd agree with you. And I'm really excited to get to our guest today because I think with having opinions on both sides and the experience that both sides are going to bring to this, maybe that we can come to a more common understanding on how we feel about this and maybe have a more definitive answer for our viewers on to what they think about this. All right, so our first guest today is Dale Bowen. Uh, he's an owner-operator out of North Carolina. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, being an owner-operator, he's got a pretty interesting uh, position in the argument about driver cameras. Uh, so I figured to bring him on today. How you doing, Dale? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. Making it. Uh, so, yeah, so, so we're talking about cameras. Uh, you know, that I've, I've spent some time on your truck, and we've definitely had some, some late-night cab conversations about this. Uh, but just to start with it, with the general, um, what's your take on driver cameras? I don't mind the drive, the cameras in the truck, as long as it's forward facing, which is just basically a dash cam, mm-hmm. but I don't, a camera facing me while I'm driving, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so what, and I mean, that, that seems to be a pretty popular consensus around drivers. And obviously, we've given our thoughts, but just so you, you know, the people can hear yours directly. Uh, what do you think a lot of that pushback is? Uh, privacy? I mean, there's some weird folks out here, man. I don't want to see some of that. I wouldn't want to be the one viewing the camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hell no. But you know what? Now, I would agree. I would say. These new generation drivers they got coming up, like with no experience, you know, with your mega carriers that are addicted to the phones. Yeah, put them in their trucks for, you know, the first year, maybe two, you know, to babysit them. That's what they need, you know. And, you know, if they do what they're supposed to do, I mean, 
you know, you stay off your damn phone for a couple of years while you're driving, you pretty much got the habit broke, I would imagine. You would hope. Well, I would hope, you know, kind of let them earn the, their privacy back. You know, you're you're a rookie. We're going to babysit you and hold your hand for this amount of time. And if you do like you're supposed to do, you know, we'll loosen the reins on you a little bit. Yeah. And so with you being an owner operator leased onto a company, um, obviously there's a lot of things that could very easily fall back on you. Um, you know, specific, if, if anything else, being a driver and you always being guilty until proven innocent, anytime there's any sort of like crash or, or violation or anything. Um, do you feel like having that privacy or not versus the legal ability to show that you didn't do anything wrong inside of the cab. Uh, like where is the balance between those things in your opinion? I don't know where the balance would be. Like I said, I got dash cam, you know, people cutting in front of you, brake checking you doing something stupid. That camera got a very wide angle for, you know, either side of the truck on the front. I mean, the only thing I could see the pro to a rear facing camera is if the driver dozes off or falls asleep behind the wheel. But, I mean, if you look at reaction time on a rear-facing or forward-facing camera with a car cutting you off, you're going to know if the driver was distracted or not anyway. That's that's a pretty fair point. So, and I kind of like what you're saying about, like, you know, maybe using it for the first couple of years for, like, inexperienced drivers and then taking it away. And, and so, I mean, at that point, uh, for you, does that does that feel like a lack of trust I mean, because we've, you know, like we, we've we've definitely like had a lot of different conversations and we've done some interviews in the past. Um, does that feel like a lack of trust from the carrier, especially with you being such an experienced driver? Yes. Yes, it does. Like you said, 30 plus years being out here driving, accident free. And they want to put a camera in my truck. No, no records of ever being late for a, point, a delivery or pickup. And then they want to put a camera in there to monitor me. Why do I need monitoring? I haven't needed it for this length of time. I've done nothing to warrant. Now, if I'm always late or having little fender benders, this, 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 I could see that. But no, you know, don't, it's, it's, it's kind of like the military with mass punishment. One, one driver does all, all these screwing up and everybody's got to pay for it. That's not right. Punish the ones that's causing the problem instead of trying to piss the ones off that's not causing the problem. So I'm interested to get your take on this because I, I see that you feel pretty passionate about the fact that this is kind of like a punishment, and I don't necessarily disagree. I, I have actually come to realize that perception's reality on this issue, and I think we have failed as an industry to understand what, the drivers perceived those cameras to be, which is overall an uh, invasion of privacy. So either we failed to educate on the protected privacy or we have failed to implement a plan or a call to action on how to address this in a better way that makes the drivers feel comfortable. But I think you might be on to something there. We're utilizing it for student drivers, new drivers who have proven after time have proven a track record of success can get them removed. But for the experienced drivers that have nothing, I don't necessarily see that being a terrible idea where it becomes an option almost. Like, hey, you can have this if you want it. it obviously, if something happens, it's there to protect you. If you're confident, you've you got to earn it. Yeah. 
Some companies, some companies do use audio and have audio, and then some companies have audio, don't use it, and then some don't have audio. Yeah, well, I'm sure they're all audio equipped. Some just choose to keep them muted. You know, mm-hmm. personal phone calls with, with, you know, a family member or something like that, personal. I don't need nobody, you know, I don't need somebody third party. I don't even know listening on my conversation. Well, and I think as a driver, I would be concerned that there's two sides to this so everyone says that these things are installed to protect you but the very same could be said what's there to protect you can be used against you exactly. where there was reasonable doubt or you know burden of proof often falls on the driver but not in all situations some things have to be proven as well by having that camera someone can subpoena that footage and find a reason to put the driver at blame when there might not have been one to begin with. Oh yeah, exactly. Or you can take it back to like using social media, like Facebook or whatever. You got a driver that's got a social media platform and he says something negative or derogatory about the company he's he's currently with. There's been cases where people have gotten fired for that. Yeah. And if I'm on the phone with with somebody and I say something I shouldn't say and they hear it, oh, I done lost my job. Well, how did you hear that? So I keep circling it back to we we as a industry have allowed ourselves to be part of so many nuclear verdicts that put the burden on us that it almost seems like the camera is a necessity to some carriers. But at the same time, we'd never been here if we didn't just always pay out every time someone made that claim. And if we, we stood by our team and defended them. that are self-insured are that's the, that's they're, they're famous for that any little incident on the road they don't even investigate it oh here here we'll pay for the damages wherever damages are we don't even look into it well and and to kind of to kind of circle circle it a little bit together 
And uh, this is going to be really controversial. Sorry to anyone who's watching who gets upset by this or all of a sudden doesn't like us anymore, but I'm not wrong, and I already know what the answer is going to be. All right, so with all this, though, Dale, who would you say pushes for this and benefits the most from inward-facing cameras? Your mega carriers. If you have reservations about somebody's experience and ability to do what you're asking them to do, then don't let them do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just uh, right up there with uh, a certain lobby group pushing for, uh, was it like 65 mile an hour speed limiters in all trucks? Don't get me you know started on this. They would. I wish they would. <laughs> I would love. I want to see. They, they want to see chaos on the interstate. Let them do that, dumb. That would just make my day. Yeah. I super appreciate your input. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're going to get to our next guest here in just a second, but, uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks for coming on Dale and, uh, love you, buddy. Take care. Be safe, bud. So today I'm being joined by Josh Mecca, director of recruiting from ACT. How you doing today, Josh? I am doing well. Thanks for having me y'all. Oh, we're glad to have you here, bud. Uh, you know, we're talking about some hot button issues and today's issue is about the whole driver cams thing. And I know that's something that you've become very familiar with over your time and experience. I, I have very, very much so. So tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you got involved in the beginning with the driver cams and your experience. And then we'll go into a little Q&A from Paul and myself. Yeah, man. So I, uh, I've been a trucking now for uh, right at 16 years. Um, I started at a company in the Southeast, uh, from there moved to a freight management company where I got to meet carriers of all types, all modes, um, all shapes, sizes, um, regional, over the road, intermodal, everything. Um, and in there, it's where I started to learn kind of, you know, different, different carriers and kind of what we do, what we don't do, um, how some operate, how some don't operate, uh, just kind of the whole, like, from that, that customer relationship perspective, um, you know, learned, learned that angle. And that wasn't like an ad hoc brokerage is an actual, you know, managed transportation. So don't think C.H. Robinson, don't think something like that, but think more of like, well, I guess he's does some of this, but more of that, that contracted freight type of, of work. Um, and while I was there, I realized that I really just missed working with drivers. Um, so I, I left there, I ended up in St. Louis for a couple of years and then, about six and a half years ago, moved over to Kansas City uh, for the ACT job, um, and it's been a, it's been a really good move. It's a really good company, um, and the the whole concept of cameras, um, you know, over over my career, I've had a lot of mixed emotion about them. Um, I mean, honestly, I still I still kind of do, just to be very blunt. Um, but when I started here, uh, my current role, we had already implemented. Uh, the Linux drive cam program. Um, and it did go inside the truck and it went outside the truck. Um, so, you know, when I first started hearing about these things, so my, my first thoughts like invasion of privacy, what's that mean? What's that look like? Um, what does, what, where, where's, where's the win in this program? So I really had to kind of like, you know, search inside of myself a little bit because of, of all of these, these preconceived notions out there about drive cams. Specifically to our program, what I learned is that there are literally thousands of different ways that these things can be set up, and no two programs are alike. So there are some companies that are totally fine 
watching inside that truck 24-7, which I think is silly. Um, there are some that just stay recording and you go back and you find an event, you know, as it happened. Um, ours are more of what we refer to as an event recorder, meaning that even though they're continually on, the only way data gets transferred is in the event something happens and that something is centrifugal force. Um, and, you know, over, over my time, I've seen plenty of good events. I've seen plenty of bad events. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, whatever that event is, we as a company, we as a, a relationship with that driver in the motoring public, we own that moment. Right, wrong, or indifferent, we own that moment. And I think that's where I've kind of come to terms with where the, the win is. Um, at least with our program, because if something, if something's bad, hey, we're not going to continue out, you know, legal fees for no reason. Let's settle it. Let's move on. We owned it. Let's go. Um, conversely, if my drivers are in the right, which, you know, tends to be the case more often than not, um, then we can go back and say, hey, trial attorneys trying to sue everybody in the trucking industry. Hey, here's what happened. You can't argue with what happens in that footage. So, to me, I, I look at it as um, more of those coachable moments if, if the event something is, is not necessarily appropriate. Um, but I also look at it as um, in the event something bad does happen, the opportunity to save a career is there too and to continue to have that ability to drive a truck. Being a former driver myself and having to drive in the truck that had driver-facing cam as well as a dash cam, I, I've personally seen the misuse, but I've also seen the benefit of the systems. In my experience, it, uh, it all comes down to how a carrier sets it up and communicating how it's used efficiently and properly to the drivers. But I think we as an industry might fall short on doing that altogether sometimes. So when we're doing it as an industry and setting these standards, I think there should be a little bit more clear understanding of how these things can be utilized, maybe even rules as far as how these should be utilized rather than this free-form notion of we can do what we want as a company with no regard to the driver's personal space or their understanding of how that personal space might be intruded upon. Yeah, man, we, we are on the uh, 100% same page with that, man. Um, because that's, that's where I think we, as an industry, uh, tend to fall a little bit short is on that education. But, you know, uh, there's also a big, like, trust issue too, right? Yeah. Trying to call it what it is, you know, we have, we have time, you know, you're, you're driving down the road, you get that windshield time, right? You get that thought going on, that thought just kind of continues to go and go and go. And we have, we have all types of these thoughts, these different things that start going through our minds. And, and we don't always go to the best of places right off the bat, right? Um, I know I don't. Um, but again, as, as a company, you know, our approach with it is, we want to really educate our fleet on what our what our, our recorders do, what they don't do, what they're capable of, what they're not capable of, you know, and, and, and everything about why that program is so important. Do you think the camera is only a necessity because as an industry and the FMCSA and regulations always essentially find the driver in almost every traffic situation guilty until proven innocent? So... If the if, is that the necessity of these cameras is to safeguard from that? I would I would say if I'm following your question correctly, Paul, which I think that I am. Yeah, I mean, how's the PSP work? Right, you get a violation. How hard is it to get that off your report? 
I mean, come on, guys. That's, that's got to be an easier way to rebut, right? There's got to be an easier process with all these channels. I mean, especially now they're throwing the clearinghouse and everything else at us. You know, drivers, unfortunately, you're, you're, you're spot on. Everybody's guilty until proven innocent. I mean, look at, you see a truck accident on the interstate. What's everybody go to? Big bad trucker did something dumb, right? Yep. Or big bad trucker did something aggressive and, and continues to give our industry a bad name. What most likely happens statistically is that trucker was just trying to do his job to get back home to his family and some four wheeler was probably distracted and did something else that caused that incident, right? So I'm going to take your question and actually raise that one step further that when those dollars come into play, it's critical that as companies, if you're properly managing this program, and again, I'm going to emphasize that word properly, you're properly managing these programs that not only are you able to keep those drivers in a career and in the, the ability to earn money for their family and make them that hero for their family, but more importantly, when those trial attorneys start coming after the company, those dollars don't leave the company and we can invest back in our fleet. We can invest back with wages. We can invest back with new equipment. And these, pro- these, these, these drive cam programs, again, when properly managed, keep that or help to keep that driver in a career, but also can protect that company you know, from those those nuclear verdicts as well. But do you think that having these nuclear verdicts and the direction of the industry that we're going in regarding these topics might be overlooking the fact that our problems as an industry are starting to affect the driver on an individual basis? Well, why do we have regulation? You mean over-regulation? Yeah, I mean, regulations. Any, any, anyway, what, what, causes regulation to happen. Regulations start to occur because an industry, whatever that is, I mean, food service, uh, college football, uh, trucking, um, auto dealers, those regulations start popping up because those industries don't police themselves. And we continue to allow bad behaviors to occur. There's no need to be overly aggressive on the road. We, we need to get back home. When you're overly aggressive, that's when mistakes happen. That's when families don't come home, and that's that's something that um, I'm going to keep pushing forward throughout my my entire career. I mean, I feel like I could go down that rabbit hole uh, quite a ways <laughs> with, well, why are those people <laughs> aggressive? Oh, it's probably because they're so mad because their truck's so big and they're stuck going 62 miles an hour, um, <laughs> and they're being told that they only get paid when they're moving, but they're told how fast they can move and, and how long they have to move. Um, oh, that's yeah, that's that's probably a whole other segment. There. I do appreciate your ability to be. Uh, at least see both sides of it versus people who are just like, this is a great thing. Um, and, and at least being pragmatic about it. Um, and we do super appreciate you, um, for coming on. Well, no problem guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, look, uh, looking forward to, to seeing you guys here soon. Yeah, Josh, we appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your perspectives. Cause that's what this is all about. Uh, and I appreciate you look forward to everything that you're doing and communicating what you're trying to do to the industry. You have a great day. All right. Thanks guys. That was some pretty good stuff. Uh, what's your takeaway from from talking to our guests versus how you felt about it coming in? It was insightful, you know. After hearing from Josh and after hearing from Dale, um, my takeaways actually shifted a little bit, which was the whole goal of the show. Uh, I said I was kind of teetering. I'm not sure I'm exactly teetering anymore. I'm more inclined to say I'm leaning towards. We need someone to regulate the regulators. We need someone to say when they've gone too far. 
and what is too far. And I think it needs to be more definitive in my mind because one of the takeaways from our conversation with Josh was regulations have to exist, just like rules have to exist to keep from chaos. And that's fine. I, I get that. But who regulates the regulators? And at what point did we say, hey, slightly intruding on our driver's privacy because it's our vehicle is okay if it makes us sleep better at night. I'm not quite sure that sits well with me. I, I know there's people out there that feel strongly that this is okay. I personally feel like what we're trying to accomplish is okay. The way we're trying to accomplish it needs a little bit more finesse and some understanding. And I think it needs to be almost like a town hall approach with how do we meet in the middle which is why I like Dale's approach on this one. Until they've earned the choice to whether have a camera or not after they've had some experience under their belt because it works out for the students. If you think about this logically, as a student, that's when you're most prone to make your mistakes other than when a driver gets comfortable, which is the number one thing you don't want to do. So if you have that camera there to protect you, if it wasn't your mistake as a student, because that's going to be the go-to for any prosecutor, oh, it was a student, it has to be their fault, mm -hmm. then this can exonerate them. And it puts a protective measure in place for that. At the same point, as a driver gets experience and has proven themselves, when do we remove that intrusion? When do we give them the leap of faith that we ask them to give us when we control their entire outcome of their entire career? I will definitely say that that, that I actually had never really thought about it like that. I, I thought that the Dale's take was, was, was pretty solid. The idea of like maybe using it almost as like a safety mechanism, you know, for the beginning, for the person who's training, for the person who hasn't proved themselves, maybe didn't have a winter under their belt. They're going through their first winter, you know, et cetera. Um, but also I think that's a reflection of the state of driver training <laughs> and requirements to become a driver, which is a whole nother episode. Um, but, but before we do that, lack yeah. of training is the issue there. Right. And that's what I mean. Like, so it, it's one of those things. And I mean, I still feel weird about it with the privacy issue, but then ultimately a trust issue, you know, like, cause you know, in the case of the being able to refresh, you know, it only takes that one person to view that one driver, you know, that, that dude who's stuck on night shift and that lady who's getting ready to leave out at 3 a.m., she's in the middle of changing clothes. You know, like, it's not that it happens. It's that it's possible. I'm still not a fan, but I I really like Dale's take, and, and I, I respect Josh, and we've had a lot, of, a lot of conversations about it. My biggest fear is that it is a slippery slope. It's just like e-logs you know people doing e-logs and then e-logs got mandated and now hours of service got tighter and violations got harder and it's more and it's more and it's more and despite all this safety uh truck crash related fatalities are still going up over the last five years anyway you know i i just had a light bulb moment yeah what if to make everyone happy the cameras say in, in a world where the cameras stay they're here to stay. We have to accept that. What if we had cameras watching the people watching the cameras to make sure they're utilizing them correctly? You think that would make everyone feel better? I mean, that that sounds like the most ridiculous solution. Because then what happens when you have corrupt people who are viewing the people who are viewing the cameras? Do you have to get people to view the cameras of the people who are viewing the people who are viewing the cameras of the driver in the truck? Yeah, I, I mean, my takeaway 
before we close out the show today on this is if I had to give a solid yes or no, I'm a solid no at this point. I am a solid no on inward facing cameras. I'm a solid no on audio. You want to put a forward facing camera in that truck all damn day. Well, that's it, folks. You get to make your conclusion on how you feel about this. But for now, this is Sense Per Mile, and I'm your host, Charles Gracie. And I'm your co-host, Paul Gibson, and we'll see you later.